What's up, everybody? Welcome once again. Come one, come all, and come all over for another episode of Mega Strange. It's Saturday at noon. You thought we forgot, but we didn't. We're back with a brand new episode, baby. And this is a special episode because we are now more worldly, more educated on what happens. We're learned men. In this great country of ours, the United States of America. Some people say it's not the greatest country in the world. Well, then what is? Johnny, are you a patriot? I'm proud to be an American. Well, or at least I know I'm free. Yeah. And uh, I won't forget the men who died. I don't remember the rest of the lyrics. Uh, something about, I don't know, what, something that rhymes with free. So I could take a pee. And I proudly stand up. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Next to you. And save my life for thee. Because I'm proud to be an American. They're going to say dinosaur. You thought I forgot about Rex. I never forget about Rex. Did anyone, while we were on tour, bring up uh, Johnny and the, the dinosaur? Johnny, no, nobody mentioned Johnny and the Rex, sadly. That's, dude, same to me. They didn't bring it up. I do Johnny, want to, oh, The Rex sorry. hasn't gotten over with no. the people yet. Um, but he will. He will. He's like the, uh, you know, like a Pee Wee's Playhouse. You had the, what was the genie name? The uh, Jombie. Jombie. He's like the Jombie of this show. He's like the Kramer of Mega Strange. Rex. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, uh, this episode is Mega Strange Tours America. Because we have been touring America. Yes. We've been on the road with the with the Mega 64 live show, The Last Laugh Tour. And we've been all through the South and the Midwest and the um, the uh, Northeast. The Midwest. New England and New York and the oldest parts of America. We were in the South so long that I kind of started talking in an accent when we were down there for really? so long. Really? You developed like a little Southern I kept saying y'all. Like, I'd be oh, like... You say y'all anyways. Yeah, yeah, but like... Every, like, like we're going to hit the gas station, y'all. Like, I just it just felt fun to do. Like, I kept... Yeah, you were really like you guys want some boiled the people down there. You want some boiled peanuts? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but the the good thing about it was we got to first of all we got to meet so many people out there who oh. were so complimentary about this show. It was really nice. I thanks everybody. I think like so many people made me blush during this tour. Really? Yeah, they just there were so many people who came up and just said like I love I love what you do. I love Mega Strange so much. You're finally getting a fan base out yeah. there. How's it feel? You're becoming Feels famous. Good. Johnny's having his first taste of fame. Famous Johnny. He's getting addicted to it. Um, but even more importantly, so many people came out and would just tell us about the local legends, yes, folklore and cryptid creatures from their neck of the woods. Uh, that we thought it would be wonderful to relay those stories to our viewers in a segment called Mega Strange Tours America. Yes. And we're going to start today with, well, exactly where we started our tour, um, the southeast portion of the country. And uh, I guess that includes Florida, Georgia, and we even made our way into the Smoky Mountains before heading up into the Midwest. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. They, Next, were, they were smoky. They were smoky. What were they token in those mountains? <laughs> I don't know. They must be token some good stuff because they're out there thinking they're seeing Bigfoot and Mothman and all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, I brought up <laughs> what I brought Mothman to uh, someone uh, from West Virginia, and I I made a joke like y'all really think that like you're, like you're there's no convincing you otherwise that Mothman isn't real, and the person was like, "Yep." <laughs> so. Shouts Mothman. out to the people of West Virginia. Mothman is an institution. I don't think we're actually going to be discussing Mothman no. on this episode. I always really wanted to do a full episode on Mothman, so I, I would love to save that for like... We will definitely do yeah. that coming up. Um, but, all right, let's start today's story with a legend from the southern tip of the country. We're going to go all the way down to the Florida Peninsula. Oh, shit. Let me take you all back. Almost 100 years, eh, like 80 years, to, to 1942. 
Imagine what it, I wasn't alive in 1942. You weren't alive in 1942. I don't think anybody watching this show was alive in 1942. <laughs> one, one person. Yeah, there's one like 80 year old woman watching. I was there. <laughs> I love Make It Strange. It must have been uh, just a different time back then. This is like pre-internet, obviously, pre-television. The reason I mention this is because this is a story about a cryptid. And I just like to think... I don't know. The world must have seemed more mysterious back then. It must have seemed like anything could be possible because we didn't have the information superhighway like we have today. We didn't have the free exchange of information where we could corroborate stories and share video evidence or share pictures. If you saw some crazy shit in 1942, what do you do with that information? Who do you tell? How do you get the story? How do you find out anything about it? You write a fucking letter, I guess. Yeah, you write a fucking letter. People well, were getting horny through letters back then. Sorry, that was a side side tangent. <laughs> yeah, instead of uh, eHarmony.com, there was yeah. just uh, uh, you know pen pals, <laughs> naked pen pals. Here's they didn't a even picture have like, of my ankle. They didn't even have photograph photography mm. readily available. So be like, here's a drawing of my boobies. <laughs> I hope you like this here drawing of my pecker. Took me six hours to meticulously I recreate. Myself. I popped a boner and I traced it for you, honey. <laughs> so you know exactly what you're dealing with when you make the six-month journey down to Tallahassee <laughs> to see my Tallywhacker. We're getting way off yeah. track today. Sorry, just imagine the person, like, stamping the wax with his dick. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, children. We're going we're gonna to clean this children show up. children watch this. We're going to clean this show up starting right now. All right, so... Let's set the scene. It's 1942. Yes. World War II is going on. It's happening. Uh, and, but you know, maybe you're just a guy not involved in the war. Uh, you're just living your own life, you know, just out in the backwoods of a, a place called Suwanee County, Florida. Okay. And you're driving along one day and you're driving in one of those old timey gangster cars, you know, yeah. the, the kind that like the gangsters hang on the side when, yeah. they, when they got their Tommy guns. It's like, a, uh, yeah. What? I was trying to think of what car it was called, but I really don't know anything about cars. I almost said sta like, station wagon. Yeah, but I mean, it was like a Model T or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're driving along um, a long isolated road when suddenly out of the brush comes some sort of wild beast creature and it jumps on to the riding board of your car the little surfboard on the side of it okay and and you're fucking freaking out yeah you're like what the fuck is that i mean we're talking literally like three feet right outside your glass window the door this this the beast this hairy monster with green eyes and Bangs is looking at you. Ah, and it's banging on the door and it's stomping on the floorboard. And you're like trying to shake the thing off. You're swerving back and forth. <laughs> you know, this thing is through the window, reaching at you. You don't know what you're gonna do. You might go off the road. And then after a few minutes of this nonsense, you finally manage to swerve enough, take a corner hard enough where this beast gets flung off and goes tumbling back into the woods where it came from. Sounds like a Batman the Animated Series scene. Yeah. Well, supposedly, this actually happened <laughs> and was the first modern reported sighting of what has come to be known as the Florida Skunk Ape. Okay. You ever heard of the Skunk Ape? Yes, I have, but the name, not very good. Why? You don't like the name? No. I, I imagine like a giant like skunk man. Well, uh, apparently the skunk ape is uh, Florida's version of Bigfoot. Similar to Bigfoot. A little bit smaller. Some people say that the skunk ape only has three toes. Some people say <laughs> the skunk ape has four toes. We can't agree. But we definitely know it has less than five toes. That's a weird <laughs> like. Yeah, that's thing. a weird little detail about yeah. the footprints. But what it is most oh. known for is the horrible pungent smell, which is supposedly a mixture of a skunk odor with cow patties. I mean, people say that the smell is so bad, dogs won't follow it. 
<laughs> and humans feel nauseous when they smell it. Uh, the skunk ape is a legendary stinky animal. Apparently, it is the smelliest of all cryptids in American folklore. I'm glad that you got that tidbit in there. What? That it's the smelliest of all the cryptids. Yeah, that's why it's known as the skunk ape. It's also known as the swamp ape or Florida swamp Bigfoot. Swamp ape. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess 1942 is the first modern sighting of the skunk ape, but it has lived in the minds and hearts of Floridians ever since. Um, and there are, there are, uh, reports that predate that modern sighting going mm -hmm. all the way back to the year 1818 in an area of Florida known, uh, today as I'm going to mess this up. Appalachia-Cola. Appalachia-Cola. <laughs> yeah, it's like Appalachia meets Pensacola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appalachia-Cola, Florida. Uh, all the way back in 1818, there were reports in the newspapers that spoke of a man-sized monkey raiding food stores and stalking fishermen along the shore. And even before 1818, going back hundreds of years, uh, let me see if I can find it here in my notes, the, the Native American culture in the area, the Seminole culture, okay. had stories, apparently, about foul-smelling, physically powerful, and secretive creatures known as, as they called them, Esti Kapkaki, <laughs> which roughly translates it into cannibal giant. Everything you like, all these like skunk ape, cannibal giant, these all sound like great hardcore band names. Skunk ape headlining for cannibal giants <laughs> tonight only in Appalachia Cola, Florida. <laughs> that is where that would happen. <laughs> yeah. So the skunk ape has been around for hundreds of years, supposedly. Okay. And there's Native American folklore about it. And it predates Bigfoot? I don't know if it predates Bigfoot. Okay. I don't have uh, comparative information mm. for it about Bigfoot. But this is all setting up that, uh, well, I want to start working towards the modern skunk ape. But I just want to give you some history about this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. This thing wasn't just made up in 1942. It had been around for a while. The natives had talked about it. Uh, in the 1800s, there were reports of it. But in 1942, when it jumped on the riding board of that car, and I wish I had the name of the man who was driving. There's not a lot of information about that incident. You know, All we know is that it happened in Suwannee County, Florida. And it jumped on the side of his vehicle and it was beating on the running board and door for about half a mile before uh, departing. That kicked off skunk ape fever <laughs> in Florida. Uh, and only a few years later, in the 1950s, sightings started exploding all over southern Florida, particularly close to the Everglades. Um, and this really kind of reached a fever pitch in the 70s. Okay. About 30 years later, when we start getting reports uh, from somewhat credible witnesses who claim to have encountered the skunk ape. For example, uh, in the early 70s, two Palm Beach County Sheriff deputies claimed to have hunted and shot guns at a skunk ape. Their names were Marvin Lewis and Ernie Miller. Uh, I guess they were out one day when they reported seeing this tall ape-like animal, which was stalking them through a grove, an orange grove, I assume, because it's Florida. Uh, apparently, they shot their guns at this beast and they scared it off, but then they followed it. They followed its tracks to a barbed wire fence that had been broken through <laughs> where they found the skunk apes like mangy hair still attached to the barbed wires which they took with them as evidence of the encounter. Um, listen to this. This is kind of crazy. All of these sightings uh, happened so frequently that actually in 1977, the state legislature of Florida proposed passing a bill that would make it illegal to take, possess, harm, or molest anthropoids. Is that that's a misspell? It has to be anthropods or humanoid animals. Basically, in 1977, I want to molest anthropoids, dude. Anthro it's spelled anthropoids here, <laughs> but I'm sure that's not the correct. Term. Yeah, like 
That's my. <laughs> but it might be, you know. I'm, I'm just quoting it. I just like that they specifically had to put in molest. Yeah. Well, you know, you oh can't you can't touch these things. In 1977, the Florida State Legislature tried to pass a bill that would protect animals similar to the skunk ape. Okay. Because there were so many eyewitness sightings of it, they were convinced that this thing might be real. The bill failed to pass, but that didn't stop the sightings from happening. Um, and even into the 1980s, uh, there was a report from a college psychology professor who said that he cited an upright ape-like animal with non-human body language and movements hanging out in Alushua County, Florida. Hang, just hanging out? Yeah, see, so the skunk ape supposedly is less aggressive, or I don't know if Bigfoot is aggressive, but he's not really known to, like, attack humans Okay. regularly. There's a lot of sightings of the skunk ape just hanging out, just walking around, tramping through the swamps a lot. Every once in a while, he will um, attack some humans or raid a, a place for food. Um, but I guess my point is, is that over the years... The sightings kind of become more and more credible. Like in the 40s, we don't even know the name of the person who was driving the car that the skunk ape jumped on. Yeah. But then in the 70s, we get the two Palm Beach uh, County Sheriff deputies, Marvin Lewis and Ernie Miller, who have their story about shooting it. And then in the 80s, we get the psychology professor whose name was not readily available uh, in my research. In fact, at one point, I read multiple sources that had stated... And I couldn't find any evidence of this online, unfortunately. But supposedly in 1973, Walter Cronkite and CBS News ran a story. There's multiple reports of this story coming out, but I couldn't find the actual story. That a man claimed to have hit the skunk ape with his car in Florida and had hair and blood samples of the, of the beast that he was showing around to people. And supposedly he actually even sent these hair samples to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, to investigate where this, uh, w what this animal was. Um, I couldn't find any copies of the Walter Cronkite report, but okay. I, I, I read in a book that Walter Cronkite reported on this, and I read a couple anecdotal stories on the internet of people remember, remembering seeing these reports when they were children. All of this kind of brings us to the 90s when we actually started getting photographs of the skunk ape and video evidence mm. of the skunk ape. So um, I guess as the story goes, in 1997, what's, what's funny too is uh, there is so much like uh, rules and parameters to how the skunk ape sighting happened. Like apparently... You're most likely to see the skunk ape in the months of July and August. It's like a summer animal. It's like uh, yeah, he has, there's skunk ape season. Yeah, there's skunk ape, ape season. season. There yeah. really is. Apparently, the skunk ape migrates north in the summer. I think I've heard that before because I've watched like that like hunting B Bigfoot show. Yeah, and I know a lot of times like there's specific months where like those people will like go and and hunt for Bigfoots. Yeah, exactly. So in July of 1997, um, a man living in Florida named David Shealy, um, who, who claims to have seen the skunk ape when he was a child, started a tour group where he would take people out uh, to try to find the skunk ape. David Shealy claims that he noticed, this is so funny, that wildlife bait stands that had a lot of lima beans in them, Okay, lima beans, were seemingly being raided and attacked by some unknown animal. And so he concluded that the skunk ape is attracted to lima beans. Okay. And so he started setting out lima bean bait <laughs> for skunk apes. Supposedly this worked. And as the story goes, he took a tour group out. This happened two times according to him. Oh shit. And they actually found some skunk apes that over 40 witnesses claimed to have seen riding on his tour bus two times, two times he went out with a tour group and they observed these skunk apes for multiple minutes. I guess the lima bean, uh, the lima bean trick worked careful. If you're eating lima beans yeah. out there in Florida, 
The skunk apes of Beanman. I know they got boiled peanuts out there, which are disgusting. Yeah, they're fucking gross. Uh, but I'd rather have that than a lima bean farm and have a skunk ape come after me. I don't think I've ever had a lima bean. Yeah? Yeah. Make sure you cook them really well because they're poisonous. Oh. If you eat them wrong. So, careful. Um, David Shealy has since opened up a skunk ape research facility okay. in Florida, and he claims to have photographed the skunk ape over 50 times. Uh, I found some of these photographs, but they're not really even worth sharing, yeah. in my opinion, because they're all very far off, and you kind of just see, like, a shape in the woods. Yeah, that's like when I, I showed you that photo of the uh, <laughs> the the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Or no, that yeah, the that fucking goat that was just in the air. You remember that photo? <laughs> Sky goat. <laughs> yeah, it was just someone like <laughs> threw a goat in the air and took a photo. Um, you know, some people think that the sightings with the safari group could be a hoax. Okay. It could just be a guy in a monkey suit, honestly. Yeah, like wasn't like the, they're setting it up yeah. to, to impress the tourists, right? Well, yeah, wasn't that original photo of Bigfoot like a, a hoax as well? I think that has been proven. Yeah. Uh, debunked to be a, a hoax. Yeah. But people who want to believe in the skunk ape points out that these sightings are happening in the hottest months of the year. Yeah. Where the weather is often over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. In the southern tip of Florida, where it is extremely humid, and it's happening out in rural locations, far away from society, which would kind of be a shit job to be in a gorilla suit in those conditions. <laughs> and I'm going to show you some some evidence today. Oh, we got on, footy? On this episode, I'm going to show you some footage of a skunk ape, and I'm going to say, if you do think it's a hoax, which it very may well be, Imagine who has the balls to put on this costume and go out into these rural Florida Everglades to mess around and stomp around in a gorilla suit in a swamp. I mean, you're risking getting eaten by a gator or having a having a snake swim into your gorilla suit and have fun <laughs> with you. I just feel like it's more trouble than it's worth to stage these hoaxes. You know, but what do I know? We'll get to the footage in a second and we'll let you be the judge. Um, but we're not quite there yet because now I want to talk about something personal. Okay. I remember seeing a picture of the skunk ape when I was like 15 years old and it scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this photo, no. but apparently in the year 2000, Sarasota County Sheriff's office received two anonymous photos, excuse me, depicting what appeared to be a large hairy ape like creature. Uh, these photos have since been dubbed the Mayaka ape because it was, these were taken on the edge of uh, Mayaka river state park in Florida. And they, they were sent in anonymously with a letter, but the letter claimed to be written by an elderly woman who said that she photographed this creature because she found that it was eating the fruit of the trees in her yard. I guess this is a famous photo from the year 2000. I just remember stumbling across this photo in the year 2000, not knowing the story behind it and thinking it was really terrifying. This is supposedly the most famous picture of a skunk ape that has been taken. Have you seen this? Oh, shit. You ever seen that photo? No. We're going to put this on screen for everybody here. Now, there's two photos, supposedly. I couldn't find the second photo. but uh, That's horrifying. That is pretty scary. Um, some people think it's a person in an ape suit that this could be staged, but apparently this photo remains a polarizing topic because there is no known ape suit or statue similar in design to what is photographed here that could have been used to carry out this hoax. So people can't necessarily rule this photo out as being fake. They just kind of refuse to believe it as real. Yeah, I'm trying to even think what kind of animals are around there that would even look like that. Supposedly this woman didn't claim that this was a skunk ape. She thought it was an orangutan that had escaped from a zoo. It looks like an orangutan. Yeah. Yeah. But there were no known uh, orangutans yeah. in the area, but who's to say, I mean, it's the Florida Everglades. They got all kinds of crazy animals out there. I've heard that like, um, 
exotic animal smugglers come in through Florida. And sometimes when the police are coming after them, they'll dump the animals just out into the wild. But I don't know who's smuggling an orangutan uh, out there. So, yeah. I love that photo. I think this photo is yeah, like it's really scary. <laughs> it, I just love how he's it's like hunched. smiling. He's smiling. He has the glowing eyes. He looks like he'll fuck you up. It's really crazy. Uh, that was the year 2000. And for a long time, that was the most famous sighting of the Florida skunk ape until recently. When in the year, I want to say 2015. Video of the skunk ape, skunk ape was captured. So apparently um, there is a guy, his last name, I don't have his first name here. I want to say it's Matthew, if I remember correctly. Matthew McCamey was out canoeing one day with his friends at about 1 p.m. outside of Tampa in a place called Lettuce Lake Park. He said he heard a noise coming from the trees and he saw something moving there, which he thought was a bear. But as he came closer to it, he saw the skunk ape. He pulled out his phone and recorded the following video. Let's load it up. Matt M. Uh, Let's skip ahead to the actual video part. I already told you what this said. I thought it was a bear. I was out there at one (laughs) o'clock. Okay, here's the footage. Cropped this shit. This is the footage. Oh, God. uh, Undoctored as it was filmed. You're probably just seeing some vague movement back there. You know, you see something, some sort of animal. If we had the audio on, you would just hear it sloshing through the water. I think they could hear the audio. Okay, cool. Now we're going to punch in for a close-up. So we can get a better picture of what we just saw. Go ahead and uh, here we go. Here comes the zoomed footage. Check this out. (laughs) Nice transition. Look at this, Johnny. It's drinking water. It's like taking it in the palm of its hand and bringing it to its mouth. I don't think bears drink with their hands, with their paws. Oh, look at that thing. Holy shit, yeah. Look at that thing. We're going to go even zoomed in even more to get a closer look. I was about to look, say. To get an even closer look. Yeah, if you're like, if, if this is a person in a suit, like. You're, Are you going to go out in this Florida swamp? Yeah, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> look at that thing. <laughs> look at there. That there's a skunk ape. All right, so that's the footage. That's Whoa. the footage. Um, Matthew sent this footage into Huffington Post. Oh, shit. And Huffington Post passed it on to uh, a man named Phil Poling, who is a former Oregon police officer who runs a YouTube channel where he investigates and examines evidence of Bigfoot. Phil said that he came away with the distinct impression that he cannot determine uh, what is featured in this video. It could be in a guy in a costume or it could be the real thing. He doesn't know. But he will say that he thinks that McCamey is a credible witness and that he sent the original copy of the footage to him and did not ask for anything in return and says, why would someone take all this time and effort and danger just to give the video away anonymously? That is true. I mean, some people are like that, like, willing to stir the pot but it does seem like a lot of effort to to go through and to be anonymous yeah and to me it's pretty convincing if it is a hoax that's pretty convincing yeah unless you're like some type of like deeply art like super like weirdo artist yeah like there was no kind of payoff yeah yeah (laughs) i mean he just released this footage anonymously yeah uh, I'm willing to bet most people out there have never even seen this footage. It's not widely publicized or yeah, it didn't go not, anywhere. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. 
What I found interesting um, in doing my research on the skunk ape uh, were examples. I found an article that argued the existence of the skunk ape could be real by saying that lots of other animals were previously thought to be mythical creatures or cryptids, yeah. which later were proven to be uh, real things. Yeah, I think a big one is owls, you know, in, in New Jersey were thought to be Yeah, well, you know, the Jersey devil. Going back hundred, a couple hundred years, in 1735, there was a text on modern biology called Systema Naturae, uh, written by Carl Linnaeus, and he listed uh, pelicans, antelopes, and narwhals. As, okay. cri- as cryptids, uh, which we know today to be real animals. But even as recently as the 20th century, Komodo dragons were once thought to be cryptids. Giant squids were thought to be cryptids. And the okapi was thought to be a cryptid. Okay. All of those uh, turned out to be real animals. And then I was doing research that even in the past 20 years, dozens of new mammal species have been discovered. Including, I didn't know this, but uh, the first new carnivore to be discovered in America in 35 years was discovered in 2013. And it was a uh, tree-dwelling animal called the Olinguito. So even in 2013, scientists are still discovering new mammals out there in the wild. Maybe the skunk ape is right around the corner. That's cool. I I do hate when new scientists like discover new shit and they give it really dumb names. Like when uh a couple of years ago, a scientist found a, a a new uh, I think it was gas or mineral and named it like Sonic the Hedgehogium or some shit. <laughs> the problem with scientists is they're extremely yeah. <laughs> and so uh. Yeah, you're going to get, you know, stuff like Einsteinium yeah. and, and Neil deGrasse Tysium as Ugh. we continue to find uh, new minerals and stuff. Anyways, that's the Skunk Cape, everybody. Thank we you. went down to Orlando, Florida recently for our tour. We went down to Tampa, Florida, and a lot of people came out complimenting this show. And I was asking them, what is the big cryptid here you want us to talk about? Unanimously, everybody said you have to talk about the skunk ape. Okay. No one really talked to me about the skunk ape. Really? Yeah. What the fuck, guys? I tried to do uh, as much meticulous research as I could find. I actually read two separate books talking about the skunk ape. Yeah. There was a lot of bullshit in there. Yeah. One book said that the skunk ape had a green aura around it because it smelled so bad. <laughs> Uh, it also pig pen. It also said the skunk ape was like 12 feet tall and could weigh up to a thousand pounds. Jesus. Other reports say the skunk ape maxes out at around 300 pounds, is smaller, and is more similar to an orangutan. Um, but the stories that I just shared with you are the most famous sightings of the skunk ape, including that photograph, which is far and away probably the most famous modern cryptid photograph. Um, going around other than Bigfoot, that Bigfoot footage and of, Nessie, him, yeah. of him walking yeah. in that Nessie photograph, that skunk ape photo from the year 2000 is legendary and is yet to be disproven and is a pretty clear photograph of something being there. This footage that I just showed you from 2015 is also pretty compelling and was only taken six years ago. That's crazy. And in fact, there are skunk ape sightings happening this year in 2021. I actually found a map of sightings that said that there have been over like 120 sightings in Florida alone of the skunk ape in 2021. The Florida skunk ape, everybody. Skunk ape. Do, 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 skunk ape. Cannibal giant. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's my story from Florida. But okay. after we left Florida, we headed a little bit north. And we headed into Atlanta, Georgia. It was a great time. And that is where Johnny, my co-host, is going to take over. I got. With his uh, with his Atlanta cryptids. What so, do you got? Someone came up to the merch booth and they said, hey, I love Mega Strange. Have you heard about the Atlanta bleeding walls? And I was like, you have to elaborate. What the fuck did you just say to me? And they didn't give me any other information. They just said, I don't know. There's like a house with bleeding walls. Uh-huh. So I had to do my own research here. But anyway, thank you, whoever you are. I forgot your name. I appreciate you. Leave a comment if you're the person who tipped Johnny off to the bleeding walls. So I looked into this, and 
a lot of weirdness here. All right. So this is in the city of Atlanta? Yeah. So on September 8th, 1987, there's this woman named Minnie Winston. Okay. She's 77 years old. Nice. Paint the picture here. She's, she was born in 1910. Yeah. Wow. She's taking a shower. Nice. And then, you know, getting all the crevices. Rub a dub dub. Giving herself a scrub. Turns turns off. <laughs> she turns off the water. She steps out and notice a pool of blood just on the floor. And, and okay. like, you know, little speckles of blood, like, going out to the other room. What? Uh. So she quickly runs and gets her husband, William, okay, who is 79. They're old as hell. They're old as fuck. And he was asleep at the time. So she, she gets him. She's like, well, there's blood here. They immediately start investigating. They assume that like a rodent got in the house or some type of big animal. Um, something wounded came in and like ran out. So they start investigating. They can't find anything. Um, so they leave the bathroom and then... Suddenly, like William starts noticing that there's like more blood all over the place. Um, outside of the bathroom, yeah, he starts noticing, like, uh, you know, where is it like on the floor, like on the walls, on the walls? uh, in, in places where like an animal couldn't eat, like small, narrow areas of the wall, crawl spaces in the basement. There's blood. He starts noticing blood oozing from the floors and seeping from under the kitchen appliances and the television, just. Blood the running. Television is bleeding. Yeah, it's one of those 1987 TVs, big box TV. I'm getting like chills talking about yeah, it right it's now. It's one of those TVs that has like the three dials on it. Yeah, <laughs> you remember those when you were a kid? Were you, oh yeah. Were you uh, around I'm, back then? My my grandma and my great grandma had like old ass TVs with the like knob. Yeah, one of those is bleeding. So they're at this point they're like this can't be a rodent or there might be a, a billion rodents in the walls bleeding or something. So they immediately call the cops. They blood don't, rats. They don't know what the fuck to do. They're old as hell, and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, they call the police. Nine one one. What's your emergency? We're old as hell. And there's blood, <laughs> there's everywhere. blood everywhere. Um. So the the police show up and they they check for any signs of break in to see if there's any like maybe someone did something stupid. Okay. Uh, they can't find anything. They they ask if the Winstons have any pets. They say no. Uh, they couldn't find any rodents again, um, but they did decide to take a sample of the blood and have it tested in a lab, and it did come positive as human blood. It's human blood? It was human blood. So. I just got chills. You're me joking. too. This I'm is not, crazy. I'm not joking. So. So what happened? There's an explanation. Did they ever get to the bottom of it? We're. I'm going to go through it. So that immediately... People start reporting on this, this unexplained house of just bleeding walls. Um, the Winstons get like bombarded with like all these amateur investigators and all these people trying to ask them questions. They just want to be left alone. So after a couple of years, after all this dies down, there's a hobbyist writer named Kurt Rowlett. Okay. He decides to conduct his own kind of an investigation. All right, Mr. Rowlett. So he gets Minnie, the woman, to agree to an interview. Okay. And she's, she comes, she says, I, no, it, it wasn't blood. Uh, this has just been blown out of proportion. And she claims that it was just rust and mud mixed with water. Okay, okay. But Rowlett believes that she just didn't want to deal with the publicity anymore and was just over it. Because yeah. as we know... It was tested. It was tested in the Georgia State Crime Laboratory and was confirmed as human blood. Okay, yeah. So no one knows what happened, but there are theories. And I have the theories here. All right. Theory number one. Most people think just straight up a ghost, like a real haunting, a real poltergeist situation. Dude, that's the worst kind of haunting. <laughs> you know, okay, so let's pause. I think uh, the difference between like a ghost haunting and a poltergeist haunting is that maybe like poltergeists are more like weird phenomenon as opposed to just seeing an apparition. Yeah. I would rather just see an apparition. Because if I just saw a ghostly person with no legs, because as we've established on this show previously, <laughs> ghosts don't have legs no. for whatever reason, I would be like, okay, person died. All right. But if my house just starts bleeding, that's some next level demonic shit. Yeah. Now that's I'm some like, real ghost shit. This goes beyond a person died here. <laughs> my television is, is excreting blood. 
Like yeah, this, a woman who's just given birth. <laughs> this is Aleister Crowley's wet dream right here. Uh, so yeah, poltergeist. That's theory number one. I did want to add that uh, when that person, uh, uh, Kurt Rellett, interviewed Minnie, yeah. uh, she did kept saying like, you know, this I, if th that was real blood, I wouldn't because they they proceeded to live there. Oh, your TV's on on the, that time of the month. Bro. Yeah, they they stayed in that house. Okay. For till they died. Yeah. So I guess they just learned to live with it. Yeah. That's how old people were. You know, <laughs> you're born in 1910. Nothing's going to get you out of your house. You live through the Great Depression. You live through World War <laughs> One and Two. You're like, so my TV's bleeding a little bit. Fuck. I've been through worse. <laughs> now, if I could get my grandkids to visit me, I'd be happy. Yeah. That's the real horror. Where are my family? <laughs> so speaking of family, the second theory, theory number two is that it was a prank because apparently the Winston family, uh, there were some accounts of like tension between like the children of the Winston family and, and the, the two, the adults that lived in the house. The, the children or the grandchildren? Uh, their, their children. Apparently oh, okay. there was like a uh, known tension between them. And, and some people think that the kids played this prank and it kind of got out of hand because uh, their uh, daughter worked at a hospital and allegedly had access to blood. You know, I just want to remind people that this story takes place in 1987. Yeah. So when you think about, you know, I'm listening to your story, I'm listening to TVs bleeding and the house is bleeding and I'm thinking like, oh man, this is like so long ago. Like with the skunk ape, this story goes from like 1940 into the 70s and 80s. But yeah. 1987 is extremely modern. Mm. Like I was two years old. Michael Jackson was on TV. MTV was having the MTV Movie Awards. The movie Predator was out. Yeah. Ghostbusters was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Star Wars trilogy had concluded at that point. Poltergeist We're, was out, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. We're two years before The Simpsons debuts. Yeah. This is not that long ago. No. Uh, for this for this <laughs> house to be bleeding. Um, and that's a hell of a prank. If the family is just fucking with these old people, how much blood do you need to steal from a hospital? And how do you steal all that blood without people realizing it's missing? This is what I was thinking about this one a lot. And I could see this getting kind of over time blown out of proportion. Because what if I could imagine like the daughter's like, fuck my fucking mom. I hate her. I hate and, and she gets like a bag of blood and like pops it and like squirts a little on the yeah. floor, squirts some on the TV. Super soaker. Yeah, squirts, squirts a little bit. And, the, and, yeah. then, and then it becomes like the whole house was bleeding. There was blood everywhere like over time. Oh, yeah. Like a game of telephone. It yeah. Was like, oh, there's a little blood on the floor. And then it's like three months later. Did you hear about the house that everybody drowned in an ocean of blood? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, like the, the shining. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the final theory. This okay. is from this is what the police theorized happened. Oh, okay. Well, these guys are professional investigators. Yeah. They think that either one, the Winstons, this was a hoax for pu publicity, <laughs> obviously. And then the other theory they had is that uh again, the daughter did this to uh have her parents legally declared mentally incapable of living on their own to gain access to their finances. Okay, so that's two theories that point to the daughter. Yeah, so, but to just tie it all up in a bow here, none of these theories were ever proven, and the case to this day still remains a mystery. Wow. No one knows why there was blood everywhere. Uh, but it was confirmed to be human blood. Yes. So the house did bleed. It did have blood all over it. Maybe it was a prank. Maybe it was some gaslighting going on, or perhaps it was just some a ghost poltergeist activity. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that, pretty good. I really, you know, I'm really happy that person told me about that because as I was reading, I was like, this is fantastic. Like I could see a movie about this. Uh or in my head, I imagine like the movie about the the walls I could bleeding. see a horror movie about a nice quaint old family. Like a movie that starts off with the just nicest little old couple. Yeah. Like the old couple, uh, like the old man from up if his wife never died. Yeah. Right? And they're just like enjoying life, and then one day the house just starts bleeding all over the place. There's like uh we you could kind of do like an homage to the scene in house too. Like maybe there's like one of those cats on the wall with the, the eyes, and it just starts spewing blood out of it. Yeah, and the television comes alive. <laughs> yeah. It starts bleeding. Uh that's pretty good. That's yeah. Pretty good. That happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Uh, I have a second thing. It, it's not near a place where we went, but a fan did tell me about this and it cracked me up. 
Okay. Do you mind if I go and do it? Please. Or? Yeah, let's do it. So during uh, while we were on tour, uh, a, a gentleman came up to me and said, you got to cover the Pope liquor. And I was like, excuse me? What's that? Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, the Pope liquor. And I was like, can you elaborate? He's like, oh, some guy walked under a bridge, turned into a goat man. I was like, okay. What? <laughs> so I wrote it down. That's not what happened, but thank you for telling me about the, the Pope lick monster. Okay. It's not called the Pope liquor, even though that's what I wrote it down. Uh, this is a local legend in Louisville, Kentucky. All right. Uh, I couldn't find a lot about this because it's one of those just like deep seated, like it's part of the fucking culture there. You just have to live there. Yeah. And no one really knows. There's like a million different stories about this guy. All right. So the one that people kind of settled on is that there was a traveling circus and uh do you know when this happened no that i couldn't find any info about like All right. th the time frame but apparently there was a traveling circus uh and the the guy who owned the circus found this like little boy that kind of looked like half man half goat and he's like this, i could take him as one of my freaks treat him like shit the boy looked like half goat yeah 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 it was like some fucked up looking kid they probably had like weird ears and maybe like a little bit of some uh scraggy goatee thing going on so apparently over the years, the the owner of the circus like treated the goat kid like shit, yeah. beat him, all that jazz. Uh, and all that jazz. All that jazz. Uh, up to the point where like he became a goat man. Oh. Like jacked goat man. Uh, <laughs> this is like the, how Conan the Barbarian starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> same, same origin story. Uh, and so there is a... Uh, trestle is that the right word like a bridge that where a uh train can go over in in louisville Kentucky. okay okay yeah and apparently uh when the circus was traveling they, they got onto a train and the train uh crashed okay derailed and uh unleashed this goat man into the wilderness with a uh, filled with rage oh god and that's the story of the pope like monster um, he, he is a legendary part man, part goat, part sheep creature. But why do they call him Popelik? So this all <laughs> happened over uh, an area in uh, Louisville called the Popelik Creek. That's where that oh, bridge is. Oh, Popelik Creek. And uh, I have some photos of the bridge here. Oh, God. So people believe that this bridge is like that the haunted? goat. Yeah, the goat man lives under this bridge and will come out and attack you. So. Yikes. You know, that's the origins. But what I found really creepy is like how the this monster lures you into the bridge. What does it do? Apparently, it like either people can't agree on it. Some people think it can hypnotize you. Oh, no. And you start hearing like your friends call like, oh, hey, Derek, come here. I need your help. Oh, no. And that's scary. Yeah. And it, it lures you onto the bridge where apparently people think this bridge is like decommissioned but still running and uh you know he lures you there to get hit by the train oh he lures you onto the bridge yeah okay and uh hit by a ghost train yeah no an actual train oh all right but the thing yeah i i got chills even bringing up but the idea of like mimic mimicking like your friends uh -huh, the is, siren call. is terrifying um but that's pretty much all that's all i really could find is just people are in in louisville are are really terrified of this bridge and they think that there's a goat man that will the goat trick man, you the pope lick monster that's awesome well there's not a lot of information available on the pope lick monster but if you are watching this episode and you're from the area of louisville kentucky please leave a comment down below and tell us anything you know please. about pope lick monster or the pope licker as the pope he licker. sometimes referred to oh uh, he was a goat man walked under a bridge <laughs> yeah because um Sadly, with a lot of these cryptid stories, there's just not a good source of information online to find it. It's a lot of word of mouth or a lot of like really janky, like strange looking websites. Yeah. And, and I always feel weird, like grabbing stuff from those websites that I could find. I found like a news uh, paper clipping about the Popelik monster. And it was so in one sentence confused me. It was like, he's half man, half goat, headless. What? Yeah. 
<laughs> headless <laughs> even with the the skunk ape stuff I, yeah. I i would rather like pull information from a from these books that i had that yeah. kind of cover all these different cryptids from all over america but even those don't like have the names the dates or any of like verifiable information so it's all very loose yeah our job on this show is to piece together these scraps into some sort of narrative and oftentimes there is no real narrative there. There's just bits and pieces, this sighting, that sighting, this incident, and we kind of have to weave it all together into something that makes sense. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And that one gave me chills. Me too. Uh, and I think that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's episode of Megastream. 100%. Thanks for watching, everybody, and a big, big, big thank you to everybody who came out and said hello thank you. when we were on our tour across America. Next week's episode, we're going to continue our tour across America, and we're going to move into the Midwest where we heard all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, in particular, I want to talk about the Michigan Dog Man, oh. which some people had told me about. And eventually, we're going to be moving into the Boston area, New York area and as we continue to travel we're actually on a hiatus from our live tour yes as we're recording this but we're going to be heading out to the west coast end of the tour going up and down um from seattle to portland down into southern california and moving our way into texas and we're going to be covering all the cryptids and urban legends from those parts of the country as well this is going to be an interesting few weeks it's a good time to be a make a strange fan yes so uh come out to the show let us know any uh topics that you would like for us to cover and please give us a call on our mailbag oh yeah we're going to be doing uh some mailbag episodes as well and we would love to hear stories from your neck of the woods i'm really excited someone came up to me and said like Hey, I've always wanted to call in. Uh, something happened to me the other day. I didn't believe in ghosts. I believe I believe in them now. Wow. And they never called in, so oh, I'm excited no. to hear that. Well, maybe we, they're okay. Maybe we could track down that <laughs> message. That's our episode this week, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Make a Strange Podcast and our personal Instagrams. If you're interested, the information is on screen right yep. now. And we will be back next week with more cryptids from across America. Stay strange, everybody. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.